Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And welcome to the SmackDown preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamplet from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Friday Night SmackDown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review SmackDown, but also Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews. Roundtable discussions and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamford, and we are just over 24 hours away from Elimination Chamber. This show is, well, already in the can. It was taped last week, wasn't it? But how are you feeling ahead of SmackDown tonight, Hamford? Uh, I mean, I'm on the edge of my seat, if only because. I'm having to work from home today due to Storm Eunice, and I might have a um, takeaway food order arriving shortly after we finish recording. So I'm certainly <laughs> wanting to race off this seat as quick as possible, but it's not to hit the remote to watch <laughs> to watch Roman Reigns enter for 20 minutes in a pre-taped segment rather than a live one. <laughs> like the, the idea that they might have just done a normal SmackDown after a previous SmackDown is a very much a thoughts and prayers to those in attendance. Have you ever... Attended a double tape in, in person, Wilbur? Not that I can remember, no. So I did once, and it was the sort of thing where on paper, I mean, very literally on paper, on the ticket at the time, the early bell time made you feel, my God, double bubble. You know, I'm getting double my money's worth here. Mm. Uh, it's not true, brother. It's not true. <laughs> and like I got, I got the, the strangest of um, double shots as well. I'm going to have to double check if I've imagined half of this because all of this feels imagined. I saw a SmackDown taping in 2008, I think, where Jeff Hardy, in the main event of the second episode, spoilers for people who have only watched the first from 13 years ago, <laughs> defeated, defeated The Undertaker in a, triple, in a tables, ladders and chairs match. What? Yeah. Now, that's weird, isn't it? But on the taping number one, Again, I'm going to need to go back and double check this. I'm pretty sure he defeated Triple H to earn that match. <laughs> and I think the order of events was Triple H was WWE champion. He beat Triple H, probably in a kind of rah, rah, roll up, yeah. to earn a match with The Undertaker, 
that confirmed him basically as the number one contender for Triple H's belt at the pay-per-view, which he then lost because he loses when it matters. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. But I'm, yeah, they were like, and Jeff Hardy was a major star, and they were like, do you want some Jeff Hardy? I'm in loads and loads of Jeff Hardy. They did like segments where The Undertaker was in a match, but also in a coffin earlier on in the night. It was like a really fun time as they made a conscious effort to create two, obviously apart from big Jeff Hardy wins, two very different shows with a lot of very different things mm. that did its be- that worked quite hard to stop you getting bored or stop you getting tired of the same faces or the same things or, you know, just the feeling that haven't we already just sat through this, basically. I don't know, and rarely do I pay compliments to ruthless aggression, PG era WWE, but I don't know if 2022 WWE era is elegant enough to worry about that sort of stuff anymore. I kind of think they'll just digitally superimpose fans into the seats using yeah. whatever technology that is for the robot if they need to. <laughs> you know, they sweet in the sound as it is, even though crowds have returned. So it's not as if they're going to be like too afraid to just make a show seem like the most exciting time. Yeah, I've just realised it makes so much more sense why the crowd didn't kick off that much that the whole uh, Goldberg-Roman Reigns interview segments weren't just like roundly booed by the audience. They're like, oh, we're still going to see him later anyway. Yeah, And uh, I think there's an element of, I mean, you've got all your money's worth on this show because mm. you've got, I have to say, what I thought was a bloody excellent SmackDown Women's Championship match in the main event last week. And then really? tonight, or last week, whatever you you get an IC title match as well. You get Zayn Nakamura. I anticipate it's probably not going to be the takeover Zayn Nakamura, but still Zayn Nakamura. So I'm I'm intrigued to see what this show looks like. There's three big things. And then I'll be honest, to fill the docket up, I've just sort of invented two others because now else has been advertised and I don't really know what else follows on other than, yeah, it's chamber tomorrow sort of thing. Um, let's start with the, the contract signing. It's not the Universal Championship contract signing. It is the surreal match that got thrown together after the main event of last week, which is Naomi and Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair and Sonia Deville in Saudi Arabia. They're signing the contract for it. Do you think, because I don't know whether I've misremembered this, heard whispers of this, or genuinely read this and then sort of, thought, did I dream that? There's going to be something around Charlotte and Sonia relying upon the fact that, you know, I think it was a dot-com exclusive, maybe. Rhonda said, I could beat these women with my hand tied behind my back. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit worried about that. So I, we, we should, this should be the disclaimer as we do, obviously with Rampage, typically. I don't want to speak for you. With one exception, I've not read spoilers. I had to write a news piece for the website earlier in the week that involved one of the results. So I won't reveal this on this podcast, but I've not um, read spoilers or like looked for anything to do with this show. No, me neither. This segment, I will reveal, is certainly a thing I know nothing about. Um, so all I'm left to assume is what we can typically assume off a contract signing. I mean, there's an Elimination Chamber preview from me and you coming on the podcast feed where we talk about what really matters about this match. So I suppose the SmackDown preview is a place to discuss the silliness, which is just mm. a wrestling angle. This is taking place in Saudi Arabia, so really wrap your head around that for a second and listen to our preview if you want to like, think a little bit more about that too. On that, if Ronda Rousey has said that she can beat people with one hand tied behind their back and then the heels stipulate that, is that also 
a pretty terrible look for a match that has already has its difficulties taking place in Saudi mm. Arabia. It's weird. Like, but the thing is, they've leaned into this sort of stuff before in the strangest and, if we're being generous, accidental ways. Stephanie McMahon's line that time about um, corporate uh, dismemberment isn't a good corporate look. Yeah. They, out of ear, out of either real disgusting cynicism or tone deaf idiocy, like, do not realize what they're doing when it comes yeah. to these shows sometimes, other than the making of all the money, they just do not seem to know what they're doing in terms of thinking about the minor details. Think about the, the, word, the optics. The word is optics. They've given up the right to good optics by signing this deal, and it seems as though they're more than happy to just double down on bad optics <laughs> as a result. Yeah. It's the strangest deal. So I hope it doesn't have any of that. Otherwise, I mean, it's a WWE contract signing. Somebody's going through or getting hit with that table. Yeah, somebody, you know, like Charlotte might try and stab Ronda with a pen, maybe. Um, it's going to be fairly generic, but as we've kind of speculated, both of these matches are probably going to WrestleMania, aren't they? Yeah, and I do like the fact that they've given Ronda Rousey a friend because yes. the, 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 the match, like I said, with Naomi last week was far better and far more engaging than it deserved to be. We all know Charlotte's going to wrestle me with the SmackDown title. And yeah, I bit on like the rear view or whatever it was in the match last week. And I just think it makes, they've really turned it around. I've got to give WWE credit from a person who on that first roar after the Rumble, people were a bit like, I mean, it was a lot of sweetening on that promo. And I was there going, you've got to do, you've got to do Becky versus Ronda. And they've gone for Charlotte versus Ronda and Becky versus Ronda potentially next year. But it's like, these are masterstroke because you, you, of course you're a baby face if you cross the ring from, from Charlotte Flair, as talented as she is. And now, now that's dealt with, you've allowed Ronda to become more of a fan favourite by aligning with the other fan favourite. So yeah, I, I, like you say, optics aside in Saudi Arabia, I really like this dynamic of, of Charlotte and Naomi, of, of uh, Ronda and Naomi. It's it's no, you're right. It's good booking, um, and the proof was in the pudding. I think because Ronda's save of Naomi last week was greeted with like just a universal fap, and not even a sweetened one. The fans went up for Ronda arriving, and they were sort of mixed in the Becky promo, and that fed into the first moments of the exchange with Charlotte when she kind of told her she was going to challenge her at WrestleMania. So there was a need, I think, to address, um, just just make sure the noise is all in Ronda's favour. It's a far easier story to tell if you've got Ronda as the out-and-out babyface against Charlotte Flair as the out-and-out heel. Mm. Amazing that good guys and bad guys are what draw the best reactions in pro wrestling, <laughs> innit? Who'd have thought? Um, so, yeah, it's I, I, I kind of agree with you on that front. If this was just any old Sunday Elimination Chamber and not taking place. So if there weren't so many other clouds hanging over this specific match, I would compliment WWE on some pretty decent booking because it's sending both these matches in the right direction. Indeed. Like you say, it's a contract signing. There's not much more we can really preview. Someone's probably going to get put through the table and it's probably going to be Sonya Deville with both of her arms in a sling, maybe. It's often not even through it now, is it? Because sometimes they use those posh like marble tables. We've <laughs> got that one that looks like... Um, it looks like the back, like the top of it, they think is really fancy, but it looks like the backside of a Glasgow nightclub toilet door. It's got that, <laughs> like, got that silver sheen, but it looks like somebody's graffitied something on the yeah. side of it. So no, like nobody's ever gone through that because it'd be physically impossible. So they just have to like slam people against it or things yeah. like that because it's so hard. 
That's not the only match, of course, uh, being teased ahead of Elimination Chamber this weekend. Hamlet, I love you like a brother, but what happens when Roman Reigns and Goldberg go face to face? Listen, I mean, we've already sort of, I don't particularly like teasing a podcast because it's like, oh, there's some controversial subject matter. So I'll just tease it for the brilliant booking instead. Yeah. Check out the uh, Elimination Chamber preview uh, podcast we've uh, done because I can think of at least two matches, one of which is a raw storyline that we've, you know, people already know us, or listen to us regularly, know that we've been calling this. We've said something all along. We'll leave <laughs> that alone. But we've sort of, we've um, we've nailed, I think, the booking of Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. We've we've nailed the finish, but that's for that podcast, isn't it? Yeah, people are going to have to go there for that finish. It's that's available right now wherever you get your podcast from. Indeed, don't listen to that. We're just here. We are on some free content, promoting some more free content. It's all <laughs> there for you. So the finish is right there. But how do they arrive at this one last finish? The cool element of the um, Michael Cole sit down interviews last week, other than learning about very important long tenured relationships we previously had no idea about, was that um, both men could speak openly and freely without needing to back the words up. So Goldberg, for all his, um, it's not bluster anymore, I guess. He's trying to measure his confidence with his advancing years. But for all of his, you know, big talk, because he's still Big Bill Goldberg, standing face-to-face with Roman Reigns can sometimes expose that. You know, the the age lines on his face, the grey in his beard, the whatever you want, ultimately. You can pair the two men. And Goldberg's had this problem with Drew McIntyre before. Yeah. You compare the two men when standing next to each other and you are greeted with the reality of a supreme athlete in the prime of his career yeah. and a man with like maybe realistically less than double figure matches on the clock having to stand nose to nose. And I think that's why the sit downs are so effective last week because Roman tonight face to face could realistically stand there and say, I'm going to you, you, I'm yeah. going to smash Bill Goldberg, look at us. And who can really sit there and say, I don't believe you, because just look at them. So what you have to do is you have to be creative. You have to write around that. You have to create just a little shred of doubt that this age disparity, this this sort of this physical disparity between the two can be shut out on the night. How would you do that? Goldberg's going to nail a really, really, really hard spear on Roman Reigns. Oof. A really hard, like that needle mover T-shirt is going to ride above Roman's face when Goldberg spears him almost clean out of it tonight on SmackDown. And that's my prediction, if only because you have to, you have to inject a slight bit of doubt before the match. Because Goldberg as well is only needs to be at this point a one-tool player, doesn't he? Yeah. That, that, I mean, as we've seen, unfortunately, that tool isn't the jackhammer anymore. So he only needs to be a one-tool player and he needs to unleash that tonight just to give you that tiny little tease that all it takes is three seconds. Well, you say the jackhammer isn't his tool anymore, but I like booking stuff that is physically impossible. And so my booking for this, unless they do the booking that I've booked for Elimination Chamber, spoilers, Roman Reigns wears a flak jacket with a silver plate underneath it because Bret Hart's the best. Instead, how about instead of introducing doubt for one match, why not two? Because... Spoiler alert again for the Elimination Chamber preview podcast. We do not spend a lot of time speculating as to whether the Viking Raiders could leave a SmackDown Tag Team Champion (laughs) because we've been given no evidence of that in the build to this until tonight, Michael Hamflet, because we all think the Bloodline's heading to WrestleMania with not quite all the gold, but very nearly all the gold, almost across both bloody brands at this rate. So 
Roman Reigns, Goldberg, face to face. They talk a load of bollocks. I'm going to Goldberg, Goldberg, blah, blah, blah. You're next. Meh, 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 meh. All the usual stuff. And then here are the Usos. They're, they're flanking Roman, of course. And they go, what if you don't even make it to Saudi Arabia? Okay. We're going to kill you. Three <laughs> on one. Four on one if Paul Heyman wants to get involved. Who should run out to make the save but the Viking Raiders? Right. And Roman Reigns, because he's a little bit of a bitch sometimes, goes, oh, I'm going to get involved in this. Hightails it out of there. He's on the ramp, right? Yeah. Paul Heyman's next to him. The Viking Raiders have, let's say, isolated the Usos, who turn around not only into a double spear by Goldberg, thus partially injuring them, put some tape on them, who cares, for, uh, for the chamber. Um, but also... He then, to remind us that maybe he's still got it, picks both of them up simultaneously and jackhammers both of them. There you go. There's your booking. <laughs> You've done it again. <laughs> Just when I thought, Wilborn, you couldn't say anything stupider than all the stuff you said before. You proved me completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. I think we've... Um, I asked for physicality and you delivered it. Indeed. Take it off. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Uh, right, let's talk about this IC title match. It is Zayn Nakamura. What history these two have got together. Uh, recent history being it, Rick Boogs getting electrocuted doing a podcast and then uh, Sami Zayn Haluba kicking Shinsuke Nakamura's head off. However, we are, what, weeks a few weeks away from WrestleMania. There's speculation as to whether we're going to get another celebrity match involving Sami Zayn. Yes, please. <laughs> and 
Is this the night that Sami Sami Zayn regains the intercontinental title from Shinsuke Nakamura, a man who has, let's be honest, not done that much with it, so much so that often I have to think, who's the IC champion? Yeah, he has to. I think um, the... It's kind of as a result of Nakamura being injured through some of this run and WWE not discussing that injury, but instead just disappearing him from television as a character and Sami Zayn having to sit on his title shot for ages. Because Zayn's been the featured performer of the two on television, he's in another big angle with Jackass. It's WrestleMania season and you sense it's all going in that direction. Um, I would argue that even as the heel, Zayn sort of become the sentimental favourite to win as well. I mm. can't... I've not seen much conversation in the last few weeks. I've not seen much conversation about this match at all. But the little bit of conversation I have seen about this match has got people rooting for Sammy to win because um, not that the Intercontinental title means a lot, but they would rather see it mean something more than nothing. And yeah. That's what it is with Sammy Zayn. Wilborn, uh, like, I'm throwing myself, like, at your feet at this point. I've mentioned this on more podcasts than I wish I had to this week, and I wish yeah. I hadn't had to do this. Why, on Sunday, of all Sundays this week, why did I watch TakeOver Dallas? It has broken my wrestling week. <laughs> Why did I do it this week? I think I mentioned about seeing Chad Gable in American Alpha against the Revival and remembering what could have been. You know, you talk about Cody leaving AEW and what that could do to that war. I watched Dallas and I was like, there didn't need to be a war. Just, yeah. just, just promote this show to your main roster, Vince, you stupid old... Right, but, you know, that's by the by. I uh, have been subjected to NXT 2.0 off the back of Asuka versus Bailey for the belt. And here we are again. What was I doing five days ago watching Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura from TakeOver Dallas? Like, there is going to be a spot tonight, and one spot. I don't know what it is. Let's go with um, Sami going through the through the bottom and um, second turnbuckle yeah. for, the, for the swinging DDT and Nakamura just kicking his head off, right? Why does that exist? You know why it exists. I know why it exists. It's people to put side-by-side images on Twitter, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, take over Dallas too. It's it's not going to be take over Dallas too. <laughs> soz, soz to the wrestlers, soz to anybody that wants it. It's not going to be take over Dallas too. This could be really, really, really good. It's not going to be take over Dallas too. Sami Zayn winning the Intercontinental Title is not going to be take that Nakamura. It's one one. It's it's not. It's not going to feel like that <laughs> at all. I've been waiting six years for this. Um, but it could be all right. And I think Sami winning at least will be. I think to everybody's taste. Yeah, exactly. I just I don't know why they're not, not, not putting this on the uh, premium live event on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's why, because Sami Zayn's a good person. Um, yes, I, I, I'm not going to argue with you. Um, I love Shinsuke Nakamura, um, but I, I've, I've, in the words of Roman Reigns, acknowledged what he does now in WWE. Fair play to him. You know what? Fair play. I love Shinsuke Nakamura and he loves surfing, and both those things can be true. Absolutely. Fair enough. Um, I think the writing was on the wall after, what was it, WrestleMania 34? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the writing was on the wall after the SummerSlam prize, WrestleMania 34, but still. Um, yeah, I think I think Sami Zayn wins. I think we're going to get, like you say, flashes of, of takeover if we're lucky. Give them time. Like, what else you got on this show? A contract signing a face-to-face. I know they can bloody drag them out. But there's now else on the docket for this. So why not just let them go out and steal the show, basically? Um, what a treat. Yeah, like I say, this and Flair and Naomi previously. What a night that must have been. Um, I haven't seen any spoilers or anything for this, but I, I, I just feel like that's the direction to go. And, and, and 
I still don't really understand the pearl clutching about Johnny Knoxville competing or even winning the IC title. It is what it is nowadays. But it just it feels like a necessary addition to that storyline, isn't it? Zane, Zane Knoxville for a build. Oh, absolutely. Like there, Zane deserves an immense amount of credit for understanding how to play the WWE game. This is not this is not wrestling analysis so much as it is WWE analysis. You've got to figure out how to succeed in that system. Mm. And for the second year in a row, Zayn is going to be involved in a mega-hyped match, singles match at WrestleMania, featuring celebrities, featuring talking points. And that's off the back of last year, featuring his best mate in a combination we really like. He's doing all right. Don't cry for Sami Zayn. He's all right. I like the idea that Kevin Owens, in his contract negotiations, got all the money that he wanted. Fair play. Get your money. That's what they deserve. Don't have a go at wrestlers for being that way. And a match with Stone Cold Steve Austin potentially <laughs> at WrestleMania. And Nakamura uh, and uh, Zayn got uh, an IC title run and a match with John Knoxville. Just the two of them in the same negotiations. Guys, we've got pop culture icons from the year 2000 lined up for you guys at WrestleMania. <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin and the remaining stars of Jackass. <laughs> um, right. Not a great deal else to preview, but I'm going to make some bollocks up. Uh, so it's tonight, my look, the night that Zia Lee avenges Aaliyah. <laughs> I wish people could see that. I know we do that. We're back in the studio more together doing the roundtables sometimes. But typically on the roundtables, by accident, we found ourselves covering a lot of very serious topics lately. Yeah. So it's been, you've been very disciplined. Like I'm ruffling your hair here over our Skype <laughs> You've been very disciplined at sort of keeping some of that in check. But I wish people could see the way you like wrinkle your glasses and turn your head to one side. Good tonight, Hamlet. I know that this is going to be the stupidest thing you're going to say when yeah. you tear your question up like that. Could tonight be the night that the woman that shoots lightning bolts out of her fingers avenge her? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Wilbon. Could it? Like, they, they had a match last week where um, Leah they tried to imply that Aaliyah, who was on her arse losing, might have been fine had it not been dungeon rules. She was beaten. She was absolutely yeah. beaten. You know, if she hadn't tapped out by the ropes, you know what Natalia could have done? Pulled her away from the ropes. <laughs> it wasn't like, wasn't like she was screwed by the damn dungeon rules. So I don't think they've put in that much thought into it. So why should we? What have we got? What if, there's not even a match announced, is there? It's just nope. whether or not. Yeah, it's just whether or not Azali and a backstage stuff. Then backstage stuff. Um, it's not anything that can feed into the premium live event. It's not stuff that feels like it's going to make it to WrestleMania. Let's say Aaliyah challenges Natalia backstage to one more match. Natalia is suddenly backed up by an assortment of random heels. And then Aaliyah's like, well, maybe I won't be coming alone either. And then a prop behind the, the two of them is zapped off the wall or something like that. And it's not said overtly, but it's implied that Zaylee did that with a lightning bolt to make it clear that she's going to be there with her. Do you ever have that thing where someone's been walking on carpet and you go to touch them, you both get an electric shot? <laughs> yeah. That, but Natalia tries to cheap shot Aaliyah. And Xylee's imbued her with electricity. Do you think Xylee's head is one of those, you know, those orbs that have got those little things in them? And you, <laughs> put on you put your finger on it and it like focuses all the electric charge onto your finger and your hair just suddenly stands up. Oh, do you think if somebody that... like, like tried to do the, like the Great Carly or the Von Eric Claw on Xylee, uh, like all the hair would just stand up immediately like that? I like that. I'm not the biggest fan of Natalia, but I'll give her a due. She's often up for out. If they do a thing, because they've rented that electricity noise, because they used it on last week's show for Rick Boom. Yes, of course, yeah. 
So yeah, maybe like, Natalia we- tries to burst into the, I don't know, women's locker room or Aaliyah and Xylee's special locker room. But a bit like Home Alone, except I think he heated it, the door handle has been electrified. Oh, yeah, no, it's the bit with the sink. He does get electrocuted. I knew there was a bit in it. Send them your soundboard, and they can they can touch... Natalia can touch Xylee's head, and it can go... And then, like, because she's so, like, shocked by it, she accidentally, like, lets rip. And they press the fart sound effect when she was farting Natalia. And you just hear this almighty fart off the back of it as well. And then, like... Like so, they, you've added those very kindly. Added those uh, MP3s to your soundboard before you mm-hmm. sent off in the post them. And then one browbeaten writer, hungry, starving, watching Vince McMahon eating his steak wraps. He's like, "Boss, people really hated fighting Natalia first time around. They're getting pretty sick of these electric shocks." And Vince just looks at his soundboard and he's like, "What's this other button do? We're gonna do it anyway." <laughs> that would be great if uh, Aaliyah was like. I've got someone in my corner and Zylie's there, I don't know, controlling electricity with her hands. <laughs> and Natalia's like, you're not the only one with special powers, then drops one. <laughs> uh, finally, uh, of course, the big match from Elimination Chamber uh, this weekend is Madcap Moss versus Drew McIntyre. Falls count anywhere. Uh, and I've written this question because I've actually got quite a good idea. And okay. I know it's already in the can, so WWE can't use it, but here's what you could have won, WWE. What is Drew McIntyre going to do to Mad Cat Moss and Happy Corbin tonight before, I think, murdering Mad Cat Moss in the Elimination Chamber? Or not in it, but in, at, the sh- at the show. So, much like yourself, because we're diligent wrestling podcasters, I, uh, I also tried to prepare something to inject a bit of life into this story. Not just this story, but the story that Drew's almost likely going to have to tell with Baron Corbin on the way to WrestleMania. None of this is, none of this is interesting, is it? The thing about this story, Wilborn, is I don't care about <laughs> Madcap Moss versus Drew McIntyre. And that, that made me think of somebody Ooh. else that probably doesn't care about this storyline. Because who can possibly care about the storyline? So backstage, Madcap, after last week's ambush with that doctor... Yeah, by Drew his sword. Madcap Moss is walking around backstage, and you know, like normally, he's a guy that just likes to have a giggle, tell a joke or two, but not this week, not after last week, not after he was wrong footed by that doctor. And he sees a long haired Brit, like with his back turned. Mm. Like, wait a minute, that guy smells or something like the United Kingdom, and he's got long hair, it's not quite the same color, but it's long. It, that must be that must be what I think it is. So he runs, thinking he's going to get the early advantage. It's false count anyway, so he's doing it backstage, of course. Yeah, you know he's going to get the early advantage on McIntyre ahead of the uh, ahead of the match on Sunday. And he decks him, and then he screams at him, "Don't be Drew, Peter. Neither <laughs> it say I have the last laugh because oh no, it's Pete Dunne." <laughs> And then, as a result, like after this match tomorrow, you get um, Drew McIntyre and Pete Dunne versus Happy and Madcap to uh, to get us to Happy and uh, Drew McIntyre mainly. So I could go the long way around making that Alan Partridge reference. Fantastic! What's your thought? I love it. But the big thing in this feud has always been that uh, Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin have had the numbers advantage. Um, I mean, they haven't really used it well in a match. Madcap Moss has already lost on a premium live event to Drew McIntyre, but still, um, you know, they they tried to 
destroy his throat or whatever they did backstage at, at day one to take him out of the picture for a week or two. Um, so Drew McIntyre knows this and they're false counting anywhere in, in Saudi Arabia. And you just know that means that, that Happy Corbin's going to get involved. Or is he? Because Drew, in a change of tune, goes to see... Uh, Mad Cat Moss and Happy Corbin bumps into them backstage. You know, they do those things where it's just all the, I don't know, stuff backstage in the arena. There's, you know, rows of chairs and just flight cases and what have you. And he says, I just want to apologise, lads. I was a bit out of order last week, threatening to stab Mad Cat Moss in Saudi Arabia. He says, you know what? You know, we've we've had a a lot of stuff happen between the the three of us. you know what? I, I apologize. Uh, that's that's not me. And uh, good luck, good luck. And he offers his hand in, uh, in solidarity, a hand of friendship to Mad Cat Moss. Mad Cat Moss is confused, checks there's no like buzzer, like a clown or whatever. Yeah, we've already got electric stuff on the show. Let's not complicate things. <laughs> Shakes Drew McIntyre's hand and he says, ah, turns to his friend, Happy Corbin, and he says, Oh, happy. No doubt we'll see you. False count anywhere. Anything kind of goes in those sorts of matches, doesn't it? No doubt we'll see you in Saudi Arabia. But hey, good luck, mate. Shapes Happy Corbin's hand. Pulls it in slightly closer. Waps up some handcuffs. And handcuffs Happy Corbin backstage at whatever bloody arena they are at. And Happy Corbin, huh, he's panicking. He's pulling his hand away. And Drew McIntyre, I don't know, eats the key or something because he's a hard bastard. <laughs> yeah. And turns to Mad Cat Moss and says, see you on the flight, boy. Because Happy Corbin then can't go to Saudi Arabia. He's handcuffed to a flight case. And it's just a one-on-one match. And there, I don't know, it's just an idea. I love it. And I tell you as well, there's a little bit of wrestling synergy there because in tribute to CM Punk's choice of dog collar they could get some like furry handcuffs from our <laughs> summers to at least make Corbin's incarceration a bit more comfortable and erotic so yeah fappy Corbin <laughs> oh god well on that note let us know your thoughts ahead of Smackdown tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE well actually you can follow both of us you can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit you can follow me at Anna Wilborn follow us all at WhatCultureWWE as I said uh, and join uh, Hamflit and Phil for our Elimination Chamber live stream on uh, a reasonable time here in the UK for one Saturday afternoon for us I think lunchtime for our US uh, listeners uh, on our YouTube channel and uh, like I say, subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, uh, Phil and Hamlet will be discussing the immediate aftermath of that show. We're going to be reviewing it proper on Monday. And later on today, you'll have the Rampage preview and wrestle culture with a hashtag bloody good quiz. But for now, this has been the Smackdown preview. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 